Nervous Podcast Special Wednesday Edition, where I give you, in about 10 to 15 minutes, any type of helpful hints that will help you, you know, advance in your life to be healthier, to help raise a healthy family, or, you know, it could be from my own experience or from maybe a book that I've read recently, or even an experience with um, other people or something that I've learned with interactions from the many people that I get to meet in this awesome job that I do. But, you know, today I was reading the book, uh, Willpower by Roy Baumaster and John Tierney. And my goal was to actually read a book a week. And this book is so good. (laughs) And I would say very thorough that it's taken me actually more like two and a half weeks. And there's a part, there's a, there's a chapter called Raising Strong Children, and I absolutely found it fascinating because what was interesting is, uh, as many of you may or may not know, I am actually a mom of three grown children, 23, 21, and 18, and they are amazing young people. We um, raise them to be, you know, uh, have good self-discipline, to be um, respectful of authority. Uh, they have all finished either top or top of their class um, or third in their class. Uh, One's going off to medical school. I have another one that's uh, working on a marketing degree and is actually working door-to-door sales this summer so he can actually improve his uh, skills um, in business. And um, another one, the youngest, who also wants to go off to medical school. So I feel like we've done a very nice job. They're very um, well-adjusted kiddos. And as I was reading the chapter, Raising Strong Children, they talk a lot about studies and research and, you know, the psychology side of uh, parenting. And what was cool was we had actually implemented most, if not all, the things that they had recommended on Raising Strong Children. So first of all, I just want to give you a quick uh, definition of what we call bright lines. And you'll explain. I'll explain it later on, but as far as where that comes into uh, parenting. But bright lines are basically clear, simple, and unambiguous rules. And, you know, for example, if you um, had an alcohol issue or a smoking issue, my, my saying is moderation kills. So what you would not tell an alcoholic is that it's okay to drink, you know, uh, a little drink here and there or, you know, have a uh, person who's trying to stop or stop smoking. You can have your cigarette, you know, on a social occasion because what happens is that is a very fuzzy line and you never, it's hard to stop from moderation to excess. And that's just unfortunately how humans are. So what bright lines are is that, you know, like I said, they're the clear, simple, unambiguous rules that you just don't break. Um, you will notice when you cross a bright line. You just you just can't um, devalue what that is important, um, or excuse me, you can't. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? You can't underestimate the value of a rule set. You know, a decision made that. Once you have done that and your mind understands that's the rule that can't be broken, that's the line that's been drawn in the sand, you will more than likely stick with it. 
So what bright lines also do is they keep us from what we are, or what is known as hyperbolic discounting. And what that is is basically we can ignore temptations when they're not immediately available. But once they're right in front of us, we lose perspective and forget our distance goals. So, you know, if you have a goal of something in the distance, but, you know, temptations come up from you, if you don't have a plan of action, if you don't have a, a set and clear goal and these unambiguous rules or, you know, these bright lines that you just don't cross, you're going to be more likely to be so distracted by that temptation that, you know, it's kind of like uh, hyperbole that it's, it bows out, it stands out in front of you, it seems much larger than it really is, you will more likely fall in back into temptation and fall back into those bad habits. So, you know, I like to think that you want to give yourself the will to save yourself by creating these bright lines or these these clear and set simple rules that you just don't break. And we'll get to why that's important in parenting in a moment. But right now, I want to share with you a quote that was in the book from Deborah Carroll, who's a.k.a. Nanny Deb, that brats are not born, they are made. <laughs> and I will tell you, I love to watch the nanny. When Well, I don't have a TV now, but when it was on the air and we ha- I had a TV, I was just fascinated with one that parents could raise children to be the way they were. I mean, my kids would watch this television show and go, oh, my mom would have, Joel, it'd have been bad. Man, my mom is not going to put up with that. My dad's not going to put up with that. But the nanny comes in, institutes these simple rules, tells the parents they actually have to be parenting and actually have the courage to be parents. And lo and behold, what happens? Children's behaviors change because they need set boundaries. They need direction. Children cannot raise yourselves, parents. <laughs> and we have to get out of the mindset that, that this self-esteem movement that's been you know, pushed on us the last, you know, I don't know, 10 or 20 years is the right way to raise children. It is not. Because what happens when you tell children, oh, it's okay, you don't have to work hard, that you're a good person regardless, that everyone's a winner, you know, everyone gets the trophy. What does that tell you? As a kid, that tells me, well, what's the point of working hard? I'm going to be told that I'm wonderful anyway. And then you believe that you're, you deserve everything even though you're not working hard for it. And what that does, it devalues hard work. It devalues a work ethic. It devalues actually having motivation to become better than you are currently. So if you want children who are actually hard workers, children who strive to be more, children who want to make this world a better place because they work hard and sacrifice and understand that, you know, they need to actually earn to be the title of, of winner or top dog or whatever. And that's what we have to do. You know, if you look into East Asia cultures, and sorry for the, the loud rumbling noise. Apparently there's, I don't know if it's a motorcycle or a car, apparently parking right in front of my little apartment here or driving by. And um, sorry about that. But, you know, if you look at East Asian cultures like in China or such, they have a very um, authoritarian type of parental practice. And when we as, you know, American parents look at that, 
we think that is too harsh. Well, some of us, I don't. But um, when you actually look at kids or the children of those immigrants, they see this form of parenting as devotion and not oppression because they understand that their parents had higher expectations for them and they understand their parents realized that they could do more than they thought themselves. We have to give our children, you know, we have to raise the bar. We have to give them a point to actually reach for. We actually have to give them a goal to look forward to and, and challenge and stretch and grow and pull themselves towards. You know, for example, this is why video games are so popular, people. Think about it, parents. Your kids love video games because they're challenged. They have to start at the new level, the newbie, the the level one or shoot, even level zero. They have to earn the right to have their initials next to the high score. They actually earn the right to be, you know, instead of the, I don't know, these army games or whatever, the, the new enlisted recruit, the you know, the grunt to be, you know, squad leader, captain, major, whatever, I don't know. But they actually have to actually earn the right to have a, a different rank. You know, you don't go into the military straight up and go, you know, as let's say you, you go through ROTC or Reserve Officer Training Corps, which my husband and did for four years. I did for a year and then went on. I got out and then went back and did a, a different program and went to the military. You don't just go straight in as a high-level you know, officer grade, or excuse me, field grade officer. Um, you know, you start out as a second lieutenant, and you work your way up, and you're a first lieutenant, then a captain, then a major, then lieutenant colonel, full bird colonel. Then you have, you know, your different, you know, generals. And there's a reason. You earn it. You work it. You have to have the skills and um, the ability to take on more responsibility. Again, it's just like any job. You can't, you know, we can't raise these kids to be in these self-esteem and then we put them out in the cruel world and say, oh, well, I'm glad you think highly of yourselves, but do you have the skills to do the job that I'm hiring you to do? And if they don't, if they don't understand the work ethic involved in improving themselves to actually fill that, you know, skill gap, guess what, mom and dad, we failed our kids. So don't be afraid to parent. Start when they're little. And, uh, you know, I'll get off my soapbox for the moment. I'm sure it'll come back up again. But it's just really important that we understand there are rules to follow. We need to set clear goals. We need to enforce the rules. Punish failure. Yes, we have to punish. Yes, I promise. It's not going to be, you're not going to go beat your child. But you do need to punish failure. You need to punish um, misbehavior. And then reward excellence. And instead of, you know, you, you know, encouraging this self-esteem model, we need to actually be working on self-control. Okay. You know, let's just go back to the punishment for a minute. You know, there's three facets to it. There's severity, speed, and consistency. And by far the most important is consistency because that tends to produce the most well-behaved children. When I would be asked or anytime I'm been asked for parental advice because they see the results of my kids is consistency. You know, we started with consistency when they were little. If they did something wrong, they would get, you know, either I would count to three and they would either do it or there would be, um, the punishment would ensue. For example, if, let's say, 
they kept kicking the ball into the street on purpose or, you know, throwing the toy or away. I don't know. Something to that effect. You take away whatever it is that they like. For example, if you find that you have a kid that loves to watch television or play video games or, you know, craves time, you know, hanging out with his friends, skateboarding or riding their bikes or whatever, that can be used as incentive and it can also be used as um, uh, punishment by taking that away. And yes, you as the parent can take these things away. So if your kids misbehave, you give them one warning and they still don't follow through with the behavior that um, they've been asked to do, you take away something that they value. For teenagers, the car keys, um, they don't like to be have their privacy invaded. You can take the door off the bedroom. Yes, I said take the door off the bedroom because guess what? It's your house, so you can do with it as you please. So nobody said you had the right or the to a door in your bedroom. So... Um, this is very simple. The cell phone, take away the cell phone. You know, give them a flip phone that all they can do is call you directly. They don't have to have a smartphone. You know, if you want to take away, you know, the ability to get on the internet, you <laughs> have them do all their homework in the living room if they need to get on the internet, and then you take away the computer. You take away the smartphone. Like I said, you give them a flip phone so they can call you in emergencies or whatever that doesn't have texting features. Or if you do, just, I don't know if you can maybe, you know, say you ban certain numbers and you can only allow yours. Um, but, again, these are things that we have to do in order to raise healthy children with an excellent work ethic. Um, again, consistency is important. Severity is actually the least important. And if you don't want the punishment to be so severe that it actually is counterproductive um, so that kids, you know, start to rebel instead but again it needs to be a punishment consistent with the infraction um you know and the reason it's so important to be consistent is that parents who let it slide what for example they something happens they let it slide the next time the kid does it again sometimes we parents tend to be a little bit more harsh because we feel bad because we let it slide before and then we feel guilty because they happen again and so now the kid's getting mixed signals. We're like, well, it doesn't matter what I do. I can either act out one day and I'm not in trouble and I act out the next day and I do get in trouble. So they quit worrying about the behavior and they just worry about not getting caught. So, you know, you need to be not afraid to publish, you know, pub, ah, punish in public. If your children are misbehaving in a restaurant, you remove them from the restaurant. If they're running around and they can't sit still and they're bothering other patrons, remove them from the restaurant. If they're screaming in the grocery store, you don't reward them or bribe them with candy because guess what? You're rewarding bad behavior. So guess what? They're like any other, you know, animal species. If you get rewards that you like for a certain behavior, you're basically just reinforcing it. So if you reward bad behavior, there's reward that behavior is going to crop up its ugly head again. Don't be surprised if you get crying, whiny children in a grocery store and you give them candy to make them be quiet, guess what? Next time you go to the grocery store, they're going to be whiny and crying because they want the candy. So you remove them from the store and you say no. 
and uh, that the behavior, there's just certain behaviors that you're expecting, and this is the way it is. Um, you know, as we have these set clear goals, it's really important that, you know, that goes back to the bright lines because all children really need and want clear goals. You know, it's, it's healthy, um, but not only helpful if children know, know, underst- know the rules and understand them. And the brighter their line, the better. That there is clear, simple, unambiguous rules that they just can't break. And if they do, these are the these are the consequences to that behavior. And for example, if you have a child who <clears throat> doesn't make their bed, and they know they need to make their bed or they know they need to wash the dishes after they dirty them and they don't do it, there needs to be consequences. If they don't make their bed, then they make everybody's bed. If they don't wash their dish, then they get stuck doing everybody's dishes. So they understand it's easier to do what's requested than to have the punishment. Um, Or you can take away something. Like I said before, you can take away TV time, you can take away... Um, valued objects like you know cell phones um, they have to turn in their cell phone at a certain time I, I don't know whatever that might be and uh, you just can't be afraid to parent I think that's the biggest thing consistency and you can't be afraid to parent it's really important if you want to raise excellent kids you need to be excellent parents and that includes not being afraid to do doing what's right and, you, you know, I tell people, you know, raising children is like tending a garden. We have to prepare the soil. It needs to be nutrient-rich. <laughs> um, we have to plant our little seed. We need to care for it and love it and give it attention and talk to it. We need to give it plenty of sunshine. We need to give it plenty of rain and water. But then guess what? Sometimes in gardens, weeds pop up. And when the weeds pop up, we need to not be afraid to pull them and pull them when they're little. Not the big, wild, crazy weeds that have grown because we didn't pull it when it was little, but we actually need to be watching like hawks that come around, you know, look at our garden every single day and talk to our garden. And if we see the little weeds start, pull, you know, poking us, rearing its ugly little head, we pull it out and yank it out right then because it's a lot less painful to pull the little weed than to pull a really big, ugly weed. And if parents, if we, like a gardener, don't tend to our garden, one, it grows wild, the weeds will invade, and if we don't trim it back, you know, trim our little seed back, trim our plant so it'll grow into be a more, you know, more bountiful and more thicker, luscious bush that is producing more fruit or more veggies, and we just let it grow crazy instead of, you know, keeping it within the boundaries of the garden and, like I said, trimming it back and pulling the weeds, we are going to get, well, you know, <laughs> you you reap what you sow. And if we don't look and see that there haven't been, you know, some type of critters or uh, insects that are feeding off of our little plants that are causing them distress, that are causing them harm in removing the insects, you know, a.k.a. friends or peers that shouldn't be around our children or our children shouldn't be in certain social circles. Again, 
our children are the ones that suffer long term because we didn't do our job as parents or gardeners and tend to the garden the way we should. So, and it's an investment. You know, children are a lifelong investment. And even at this point, we're in the stage of the game where I've been a mom for 23 years, it is so important that I still stay on top in, in a different manner. You know, it's not me controlling everything, but me as the mom who has the words of advice when asked, you know, the, the gentle word of encouragement, um, the trustworthy friend who knows she can count on to call on mom when there's a problem. And so when you've cultivated that relationship, you're, the rewards are so tremendous. And um, I couldn't be prouder of, of these kids because, one, they understand the value of hard work. They understand the value of integrity. And others have noticed that. And um, it's really important that parents, we can raise a generation that can overcome, you know, these world problems that we see. We just have to invest the time, effort in doing it. And don't be afraid to not be the kid's friend, but to actually parent. Be a parent and be consistent. All right. And just a little word of advice when you have teenagers. If you actually involve them in helping you negotiate the rules, for example, maybe it's um, curfew. For example, when my kids would go out when they were teenagers and they wanted to go to a special dance or event or whatever, and I'd say, okay, what time do you expect to be home? If what they time they told me was later than I, I, I wanted them, I would say, no, I think that's too late. What, give me another time. So, you know, they had the feeling that they were actually setting their own time. So guess what? Now they're practicing their own self-discipline. They're practicing self-monitoring. They're more than likely going to abide by the rule that they set for themselves. And when they don't, they're more likely to understand that there will be punishment. There will be consequences. So typically my finding is that the kids actually came home earlier than the time we agreed on. And when they actually made it um, home earlier, I always said, thank you. So now I can go to sleep <laughs> and get some rest. But, you know, I just really think it's so important that we address this, that we're not afraid to, to, to speak about what it actually takes to raise kids that are willing to work hard and willing to put forth self-sacrifice and, you know, put others before them and work as a team and understand that they don't deserve to be CEO of a company just because they think that they're brilliant. And they very well might be brilliant. But you know what? They have to earn that area. They have to earn that spot. They have to earn the, the right to that level of responsibility. And unfortunately, I think, you know, we raise a generation of kids that are upset when things don't go their way. And instead of taking failure as an opportunity to learn and grow and reevaluate their routine or process of getting to that point and looking back and saying, what can I do differently to get a different outcome? We've raised them to whine and crawl up in a little circle and, and freak out when things don't go their way. So it's time parents parent. And uh, I hope you found this helpful. I know that I certainly have spent 
many conversation with young parents, giving them that exact same advice, and um, they appreciate it. It seems to work. So um, please share this if you find that uh, it's helpful. Leave a comment, rate our podcast, and again, I hope you guys have a great evening, and uh, God bless you.